I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome along to the VMTV Rugby Pod. We are back after a week off in the Six Nations. Alan Quinn alongside me in studio. We're still trying to work out where Matt Williams is. Hopefully he is okay, but no sign just yet. No, he's... uh... Can't get hold of him this morning. He could be up the Pyrenees somewhere in the south of France, or um, who knows? You know. Hopefully he's okay. Yeah, <laughs> no he, chat about the Ulster job. No, no, maybe he's back doing an interview <laughs> uh, for the job, or who knows? But uh, he might pop in during the pod. Matt, wherever you are, we'll welcome you. On a more serious note, back this weekend in the Viva Ireland Wales Ireland, clearly the team to beat in the Six Nations playing a rugby a standard above the rest. Would that be fair to say, Al? And would you expect the same again this weekend? Um, yeah, it or a standard above too strong. No, a standard above. I think, and the evidence of the first two rounds. I think, um, you know, the big standout is that performance against um, France in Marseille. I think the attack and the way they went about it, uh, the type of rugby they played, um, it's fair to say that. I think everybody, when you're in that position, you know, and, um, you know, I think Wales will come to Dublin this weekend and they'll they'll have a pretty high emotional pitch. They'll try and, you know, unsettle Ireland, um, try and overturn them, really, because they are going to be the underdog. Not to the point, I'd be very wary to the point that the narrative of a very comfortable win for Ireland that's out there, I, I don't like that as, as you know... Have you come to accept it though former, every week? It's nearly... Well, as a former player, you know, I don't like buying into it because you get nervous and maybe it's the player still in me. You know, you never want to let yourself fully go and say, yeah, look, the reality here is on paper Ireland are... Um, in a much better place at the moment. But, you know, international rugby and um, the physical side of the game can dictate a lot. Um, and there's no doubt that Ireland are a very cohesive side and they've great attack structure. They've a lot of top-class players who are in great form. They're mature, they've great experience. Um, on the flip side of that, Wales are, you know, some very good players, there's no doubt. But there's then... Here's players starting out on their very early in their international kind of careers and journey uh, for Warren Gatland, and he's had to, you know, he's had a lot of experience, moved on in the last twelve months, eighteen months, and um, some big players are gone from the Welsh squad that we were familiar with seeing for the guts of ten years, who were so successful in the Six Nations. Um, so it's 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 a transitional situation for them. Um, Still some very good players and I think, you know, the way they'll come to Dublin is people are writing them off and they play with for, for if their lives depended on it. I've always said this, you know, that the Welsh players just, they grow about about 10 feet tall when they put on that Welsh jersey, um, you know, with respect when they've played for their regions. And, you know, I experienced it myself over the years when you play 
you know, the regions over there um, with your province and you do well and you play against some of the players and you think, God, yeah, they're, they're, maybe we're better than them or I'm better than one of their back row players. And then you see them go out and play for Wales and you're thinking, whoa, this, they play really well at, at international level and that's always been a big strength of theirs. Um, it's always been an envy kind of thinking, and it sounds very disrespectful, but you know we would always beat the re most of the time beat the regions in Europe or in in, in the league, not not every time because somebody can pick this up and say, well, Scarlets beat you this time or Cardiff beat you this time, but we had a lot of success over there, and you know that was kind of sometimes the feeling. How come these fellas are just they grow so much when they put on that Welsh jersey, and it's pride, and mm -hmm. you'll have a team coming to Dublin on at the weekend with a lot of pride a lot of young players um, but still there's a fair bit of quality in that Welsh side some of the, the the guys who are relatively new a little bit unknown they don't even have a lot of URC experience um, but Warren Gatlin has been upbeat I think they could have you know what they did in the second half against Wales gave them a lot of heart you know the scoreline at half time was demoralising um, but against they, Scotland, sorry, in round against one. Scotland, yeah, sorry, round in round one. one. My yeah. apologies, yeah, in Scotland in round one. So they got back right back into that game and could have snatched it in the end. And I then think you know they kind of had a heartbreaking situation against England as well, where they did a lot of really good stuff and looked like they could have won the game as well. Um, so you know it's they would have got some comfort out of those first two games. Obviously, massive disappointment, but. They could have won the two games as well, you know. Um, but they're in a different place. That's the, the, we talk reality now. We're they're in a different place and they're rebuilding, and they have a lot of financial issues in the regions and challenges around keeping their best players, um, investment, all that kind of stuff. So it's difficult. If we bring it back to Ireland, we knew the team, or we will know the team later this afternoon. But right now, Hugo Keenan is out, we don't know how long for, and it looks like Kieran Frawley will get that 15 jersey. Interesting time for him, you know, gets off the bench for one minute in Marseille against France, doesn't bench or be involved against Italy, now gets a big opportunity if he is the man to wear the jersey. 10-15, where do you see him? But doesn't matter, on Saturday it's a opportunity he has to take. It's it, it was a strange one that he wasn't involved against Italy because I thought that was a perfect chance to get him some game time at out half and either take Jack Crowley off or, or what what ended up happening is Jack Crowley going to to full back which you know realistically um, he did he can play there we know he can play there um, Harry Byrne coming off the bench was a positive for Ireland I think okay they're on the front foot but just getting that feeling of being out there uh, with a lot of good players around him, uh, absorbing the whole atmosphere, all that kind of stuff was positive. So I thought that was a perfect chance for Kieran Frawley, no disrespect to Harry Byrne. But um, yeah, it was a strange one that he wasn't involved at all. And um, he's played six times for Leinster at fullback this season, so I think he's quite comfortable there. He's a very versatile player, really good footballer, intelligent, calm, controlled. Um, from It's hard to tell from the outside, but... Do you think they actually see him as a fullback? I don't know really because uh, sometimes when you you can play in multiple positions, you're seen as that versatility can come against you in a sense that, of course, it can work for you. It can get you onto the bench of 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 squads and um, 
you become reliable and <laughs> that's not a yeah. term anyone it wants. It sort of worked for James Hook for years but then maybe towards the end it was like what position yeah, is yeah. your preferred so look, one? Look, Obviously like, you can't in, quite compare the pair of them. In but an ideal he, situation for saying. any player it happens in the back row a lot you know and uh, you become if you become someone who can play in the second row and back row you, you kind of get shifted around and you're seen as a really good replacement to, to come on and you give cover and all that and reliability but players don't want that. They want to, you know, Kieran Frawley would love to nail down um, a spotted out half or full back or even in the centre, whatever the case may be. But it is what it is because there's so many good players um, in all in 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 so many positions for Ireland. I think Jack Crowley was always going to be nudging ahead of Kieran Frawley, and you know Andy Farrell and Mike Cat um, had to kind of back Crowley because he's been involved with the squad for a fair bit of time. Um, but Kieran Frawley coming in at full back is is a, is a great problem to have or solution to have, I should say, not a problem. It's probably a pro- it could be a problem for him if he's, as I said, if he's moving around a lot because he'd love to nail down a position. But we don't have the confirmation that Hugo Keenan has gone. Um, but it seems from the reports in the media that that if Hugo Keenan doesn't play, that Kieran Frawley will will slot in there. And I think to have that footballing ability as well particularly with Mac Hansen you know he, we, we spoke a lot about his ability to pop up in different places and be a real playmaker you know having a footballer and a really intelligent footballer who's played a lot about half as well um, gives you more another really good kicking option um, will he be hitting the line the same Hugo Keenan can and does I don't know he, I think Hugo's world class at that and his vision and awareness um, to cover the backfield. You know, he's been an exceptional player for a couple of years now for Ireland. Um, Tell me this, if Frawley has a good game or a very good game at fullback and Keenan is fit, whether it's the at the end of the no, game. Yeah. I know what you're um, No, ask. I'm not going to ask where he, <laughs> does he come in and take his place? Court? Well, he no, doesn't he take his place. Because Hugo right. Keenan has so much credit built up. Of course. World class. But what I was going to say is, where would Frawley be then? It's like, I've played really well for Ireland here. I've taken my chance, yeah, but, but I'm still you, not good to go. You have to be realistic as a yeah. player as well. That um, you, 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 you just, sometimes it's bad <laughs> luck and it's unfortunate and that's the situation you find yourself in. I can only go back to myself how I felt like that. You know, Simon Easterby was essentially for a couple of years playing with the Munster pack. I was uh, the one, Marcus Horn was starting, Jerry Flannery, John Hayes, Paul O'Connell, Dunnick O'Callaghan, Dennis Leamy and and David Wallace. For a period of time, I'm not saying this went on for long, and Simon was playing at six, you know. And I, I could have played really well for Munster or played really well in a big European game. And, you know, Simon was really consistent and playing really well and sometimes there's nothing you can do as a player you you can just get to your own you can only control what you do um so to answer your question what i'm trying to say is <laughs> but my thing if, was if Kier, even if he has a good game does plays, he say i want to play 10 has, or 12 if, if he is a man of the match game he doesn't take Kieran Fraw he doesn't take Hugo uh, Keenan's place but so, does then does he say well if i play the best i can and over time still not take Hugo Keenan's place does he no, he's want to play 10 or 12 got, well, or just wait his chance? I don't know because, um, you know... It's all ifs and buts. His versatility fair. is a big plus for the coaches to have a player. You know, he can play in multiple positions. He can play 10, 12, probably 13, full back. You know, if he went on the wing to do a job for you, I'm sure he would do it really well. He's that type of player. Um, 
So it's a good co- a problem for the coaches to have and, and sometimes it can come against you because you can be seen as a squad player and not somebody who's going hammer and thongs for a particular position. So if Kieran Frawley said, I want to be considered as a fly half and he gets on the bench and he gets 20, 30 minutes in a game and Jack Crowley is not playing well and he comes on and changes the game and has a brilliant 30 minutes, well, then he can knock at the coach's office and the following week and say, you know, I want to start. I deserve a chance. And here's the evidence. So um, when if Kieran Frawley is knocking at the door saying, well, I played really well at full back, but like <laughs> Hugo Keenan hasn't put in a bad performance here. He needs Hugo Keenan to play a couple of bad games and Ireland lose a couple of matches. So, But he's when, never done that else. Yeah, when you're in a, that and, and, and he's the type of guy that just doesn't have a bad game and then the team is winning all the time. So, um, But that's the level Ireland's I don't know. competition. It's just, it was a really difficult question he asked me there <laughs> and I ended up going back talking about myself again and Munster and Simon. No disrespect to Simon Eastby. He was a brilliant player and uh, deserved his place at that time. But... The point I was making was just even if I had brilliant games, you, when a team is winning and they're going well, sometimes it's harder to get out of the team. Can you see Wales causing Ireland much tr- uh, trouble? Also, um, they make one change. They, they named their team earlier this week. Sam Costello, Scarlet's fly half, been out injured, but taking the mantle from Dan Bigger. But he hasn't had too many games back fit and playing that well, but he is quite a talent. He is a talent. Um, he's young. Still still young, relatively inexperienced. Um, I don't know, he's only a handful of caps, isn't he? Um, Come on the World Cup a bit. Yeah, he you did, know, yeah. 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 And he, look, obviously that intercept pass against Argentina in the quarterfinal would, would, would still be in his memory. And I felt really sorry for him when that happened, when Wales were chasing the game. Um, can they trouble him? Of course they can. When you, you've Josh Adams, George North, Tompkins, Rio Dyer... They're kind of game breakers. Um, if you give them space, time, they can they can they can hurt opposition. Uh, Thomas Williams is a very experienced number nine, a really good player as well. So they've got to protect Costello and give him support. Uh, but ultimately, if you're playing as a ten, it's what's going to happen up front. Um, I think Alex Mann has been really good. Rafael Wainwright, their their back row has been superb. They're very abrasive. They're constantly involved they're fit um, but I think overall that pack you know it lacks a bit of power and physicality and real presence Adam Baird of course is a, a big man but he's he's inconsistent he's not at it all the time I think Jenkins the captain who's still very very young obviously is, <laughs> captaining Exeter Uni a couple of years ago you yeah, know yeah, he's no, a he has got player. it with the he's club very, side of the Chiefs yeah he is a good player so yeah, there there's still a, a fair bit of inexperience there, and um, they can hurt teams if they get ball and they get quality and they get pay, pace to their game because um, um, I think they they've got to play, haven't they? You know they're not going to go and con- if they go and try and contain Ireland. Of course, if they get a couple of scores or a couple of penalties, then you've got to be strong and resilient for a block of ten or fifteen minutes and weather the storm rugby is very much like that that you're going to get moments in a game where you're under pressure and I think that's where Wales have cracked a few times and I think the early pressure in that Scotland game 
and just getting numbers on their feet to make tackles and Scotland got quick ball and they cut them open a few times. They're going to have to be on it really aggressively on, on, on Saturday for 80 minutes because this Ireland team are a very patient team and they're composed and they're not afraid to build and go to multi-phase. So um, where Costello controls the game and gets some territory is really important. And I think it's important, obviously, Thomas Williams and, you know, Tompkins and George North are pretty experienced. They're, they've been there, done that. Um, they've been around for a while. George North, I think he's winning his 120 cap at the weekend. He's just phenomenal. And he's still, what, just about 31, most, I think, is he? Yeah, most, is he even 31? most of his caps have come on the wing, but he's in the last couple of years, he's he's played in the centre a bit more. Um, but, yeah, you look, you look at the team, and, and I think the, you look at quality and top-class international quality. Um, there's certainly a lot of potential in them. Um there, you know, Gareth Thomas is talking about that ripping into to Ireland. Saw that the fast said. start, didn't he? And you know what? Somebody was commenting underneath the comments then, and um, thought you didn't read those all. Forty-two. <laughs> no, sometimes I do just to see what what the general public are thinking, and sometimes there's a lot of rubbish, but sometimes yeah. there's very sensible stuff from people who have good rugby knowledge, and. Um, I think someone said uh, he's given the game away to Ireland, and you know they'll they'll know what's coming. You don't have to hear Gareth Thomas' comments publicly to know that Wales will be full of passion, will be full of energy, um, and they will try and rattle Ireland. And if Ireland think they're just going to, you know, they won't. But if 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 anyone thinks that it's just a case of turn up and win by twenty or thirty points, um, going through the motions, that's not going to happen. Ireland are going to have to play well to win this game. I think they will win the game. I think they could win it comfortably if, they, if they're if they really accurate and honour themselves. Um, but, you know, Wales are going to, they're going to come at them and that's what they've got to do. They've got to tear into them and, and tre- really try and unsettle Ireland. And, you know, you talk about collective in rugby, Stuart, um, but sometimes you pin it back and you go one-on-one. Who's your opposite number? And you got to go after them and, and make sure that when they, the influential players that Ireland have, like someone like Caelan Doris is just difficult to stop because he pops up everywhere. He's so fit, so uh, skillful. Um, and I think Wainwright, who's been very good for Wales in these first couple of matches, really outstanding. Um, you know, he's got to be the one taking up, making those carries for Wales on Saturday. He's got to be the one. Um, it's hard to get Caelan Doris because he pops up in different places. But, you know, and I really think the, that that Welsh back row can cause Ireland problems. Rafael has been brilliant and, and Mann, um, Alex Mann has been really good as well. So that's going to be a real battle. Um, Adam Baird and Jenkins got to really step up because, you know, that mobility of that Irish kind of five, the two second rows and back rows has been a big positive for Ireland. So, um, yeah, look, ultimately... I think the quality that Ireland have will be too strong for Wales. But I would never write, write them off. I would never go, oh yeah, this is just a case of turn up. Because Ireland struggled a little bit at times against Italy and, and to find their flow. And Wales are well capable of, of, of messing Ireland up a little bit. And I think Ireland at times um, you know, are sticking to their attacking structure, which has been a real positive. But there's sometimes you got to be a little bit more pragmatic, and I think being a bit pragmatic and direct 
a little bit on Saturday could be the key to breaking Wales. Um, but we'll see. It's it's um, on paper Ireland um, to win the game. Um, I'm not going to say you know relatively comfortably because I don't know. You you just don't know. They're capable of of Ireland are capable of beating anyone in the world. Um, not at the right time, unfortunately, <laughs> against New Zealand on the quarter final. But look, um, they're 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 right up there at the moment. I think Ireland and and the standout team in this in this competition. And you expect them to go back to the team pretty much that played against France. You know, Aki back in. If Ringrose is fit, does he come in? Robbie Henshaw's been great. What That's else? McCarthy yeah, goes again. Yeah, we're talking about um, we're talking about Kieran Frawley having a good game. You're you're at a situation now when you go with. Um, when you go with um, Robbie Henshaw, the way he's played, like he he'd feel pretty aggrieved to if he wasn't playing, and if Gary Ringrose is fit. Um, but I think with the three the three centres that you have, and even Stuart McCluskey was brilliant. I think he reminded people of what he can bring as well. Um, I don't know. Um, it'd be harsh on Robbie Henshaw, but ultimately, Ringrose is is. Um, you know, there's great balance to him at 13, and he's he's a wonderful player, as is Henshaw. But you know, they <laughs> talked play. about Stuart McCluskey there. He seemed in the last press conference just accepted. He's like, effectively said, I play well every week, which he does. But like these guys are the best correct. in the world correct. around me. Yeah, it's correct. It's taking your place and um, taking their places. You know, the Grand Slam team in '09. There was Jamie Heaslip, Stephen Ferris, uh, uh, David Wallace. Um, who else was there? Ferris, Heaslip, <laughs> Wallace and Leamy. The four of them. And I was actually playing really well in There was five, there was you as well, could he? Yeah, well, <laughs> 20, 24th man, 25th man. But you know what? They're, again, you're in the, I'm in the Stuart McCluskey situation here. I can't bang at the door and say, well, these guys are... They were brilliant players at the time. They were top of their game. I think you did bang at the door of the World Cup once, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did but, you knock it down? <laughs> but um, it's the same for Stuart McCluskey yeah. when you have Robbie Henshaw, Bundyaki and, and and Gary Ringrose. At the moment, the three of them could be on a line store. Absolutely could be on a line store and probably would be on a line store. So it's difficult for him. So again, it's a good situation. I think you've Anton Frisch in Munster, who is serious potential and has played really well for Munster um, and could get an opportunity in the next few years. He He's he's certainly a, a top quality player as well. So there's a lot of depth in the centres, James Hume and Ulster. I'm a fan. He's a really good player as well. Um, people could probably mention a few more um, as well. So uh, there's plenty of depth there, but who do you put in? I think, look... It'd be unfair if, if that Robbie Henshaw is taken out of the team now, but ultimately, Gary Ringrose is the best 13 in Ireland. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, we will see. That'll be picked at two o'clock today. Elsewhere this weekend, Calcutta Cup match on Virgin Media. Oh, England, Scotland. Scotland obviously losing last play of the game to France, effectively, you know, with that try, no try. And then England, two from two. Ireland have them in round four, Twickenham. Which way do you see that one going? Looks like Danny Kerr's going to come in. Ollie Lawrence is back and maybe Manu Tuolangi. Um, it's a big boost to have a Tuolangi and Lawrence back because um, they're so powerful. Um, Tuolangi's been so unlucky over the years. With, with He's a game changer, isn't he? Um, do you still believe he's a game changer? If he's fit, I think he's so Are we hard going to stop. Back? Sorry, we've yeah, seen him in 2019 yeah, destroy. And he has been good this season, good enough when he plays. He's just, Do you still think he is that big impact player or just not quite what he used to be? He's not quite what he used to be. And there's no way he could be. Um, a young man at Langi was absolutely devastating. But the thing, the, thing with, the thing with any sport at the top level, you need matches, you need consistency and you need to be... You need that match fitness and sharpness, and he hasn't always had that, so it's um, it's been difficult for him. But back in a squad, his power, his physicality, Lawrence as well, um, very explosive, dynamic player that gives him a boost. Uh, Danny Kerr coming in, um, it looks like for Alex Mitchell, who's ruled out for the rest of the, t- the tournament, loads of experience. Ninety nine caps, he's yeah, going. It's incredible, yeah, it's incredible for him. I remember sitting. Um, doing an Irish game a couple of years ago in Cardiff, uh, maybe two years ago, and uh, two, three years ago, and he was um, he was kind of resigned to the fact that his international career was over. Well, uh, Eddie Jones pulled him, didn't he, after 30 minutes against Australia in a test, was that right, a couple of years back? Yeah, yeah. And, he and thought he's he come was, back, yeah. He's come back into the mix, and, uh, you know, it shows you keep playing well with your club, you can, that opportunity can come. So, um, I think England were... They've lo- they lost the, the last one up there, the last Calcutta Cup two years ago. Um, I can't. Scotland have a good record against them. Have they won three or four in a row? Yeah, yeah. Scotland have a very good record against them and they've they've beaten them a lot in the last couple of years and they'll certainly believe they can have the measure of them. Um, Scotland messed that France game up, didn't they? You know, they were in control there and uh, the B.A. Barry try kind of change it, put France back in front. I think Scotland were trying to protect the lead, which is very on on Finn Russell like. Um, I thought I I've been impressed with Finn Russell. I think there's been a obviously the quality is there, but he's been very composed and controlled. Um, they would have been heartbroken by what happened at the end. Um, but in saying that, um, you know, a little bit of inconsistency again, and you know. They getting the job done and being ruthless, and potentially they've cost themselves uh, an opportunity of kind of going for a grand slam because um, they'll fancy their chances against England. It's it's an intriguing game, really. You know, I hope that 
But England fancy your chances against Scotland. Of course they will. Yeah, they always will. And look, England, whether they're going through a bad run or not, will always believe they can beat the opposition because of that power and and physicality that they can bring. Um, And I think that will be the challenge for Scotland to deal deal with that. you know, Tupelo too, and Hugh Jones in the centre. They're wonderful players. Uh, Duan van der Merwe, what he did in Twickenham last year, what he's capable of doing. England have got to contain them. So it's how both teams play. England have still been bland in the way they've they've played. We've seen glimpses of better attack from them in the first two rounds, but I still think they're a good bit off of of getting that attack right. And they revert to type a lot with the kicking. So. Um, Let's let's wait and see and uh, and hope that it isn't a kick fest in in Murrayfield on Saturday. But Scotland, I think, are going to bounce back here and be be you know that bit more ruthless. They need to be, um, but they left the game behind them against France. They should have won that game. For the tournament sake, which way do you see it? You know, England beat Scotland three from three, going to Twickenham to play Ireland. Uh, you know, for a pretty much a showdown, or if Scotland win, they still come to the Aviva, should come to the Aviva with a chance to win the championship. Oh, I, and I'd say chance. Crown as yeah, well, yeah. So I, don't, like, I don't know. It's um, in your eyes, what would you prefer? I suppose we're in Dublin, so round five, you'd want Scotland to come there for yeah, you'd want Scotland, you'd want Scotland coming to Dublin, um, and a triple crown on the line and potentially a championship, you know. So, um, well, it would be a championship be, because yeah. if Scotland beat Ireland there, if if if. If Ireland go to Twickenham, who knows? We're kind of going jumping <laughs> ahead. Ireland could, you know, who, you know, you'd expect Ireland to, as I Ireland said, Ireland could this, lose some somewhere down the track. They could, they could lose somewhere along the line. They could have a bad bad day. There could be a sending off. There could be a couple of injuries. Who knows? The way the game can change. Um, you'd expect Ireland to beat Wales. You'd expect Ireland, not with huge expectation, to go to Twickenham and win, but. Because well, it's always what's very, very recently, difficult. You should expect yeah, it. Yeah, you should I expect it. I know you might it. get slated for that. Or yeah, you should time, expect you should. it. And and that last game being a potential championship decider. But if Scotland play an attack... <laughs> you say this every week, Quinny. Scot- and you're right to. But if Scotland play an attack like they did in patches, they chose to stop and contain France. There's every chance that England will beat them. I think if Scotland are brave and keep attacking and start moving the ball and getting pace to their game, I think they'll win the game. If they try and contain and, and you know, if it comes into a buck kicking fest and we see some of those tennis, the kick tennis going on again in Murrayfield, I think that won't suit Scotland because England have that bit of muscle and that bit of physicality up front that they can squeeze the opposition and they'll win the game then. So I think Scotland basically have to go and play and they have a really good attacking side. Um, you know, I, I'll say it again: Russell, Tupelo, Hugh Jones, Van der Merwe. They're they're really really dangerous attacking players, and I think that's what they've got. To, Gregor Towns has got to get his team to do this week. Last but not least, the game on Sunday: Italy v France. Don't think too many have been impressed by France at all, and rightly so. What about Italy? You know, they need our a response. Are they good enough to beat them all? No, no they're not. No. I no. don't think so. And I think France, um, you know, France will be hoping that Ireland have been, are beaten somewhere along the way as well, that they can they can potentially ch- challenge for a championship and win win the four games. They've got England in the last game. Um, it's the last kickoff in, in round five at um, 
eight o'clock Irish time, nine o'clock French time, you know, they could potentially be looking at a situation where it comes down to points difference. So even though they haven't played well, I think they've had injuries, obviously. They've had no DuPont, no Intermac, um, a couple of other players. Miafu was out injured. Um, Willem with the sending off. Um, you know, Tau Fifanua. A lot of power kind of missing up there that they've relied on. Um, so, yeah, I don't think Italy... But historically, Italy can co- have caused them some problems. So, um, But with Italy, you know, against England, they attacked well. Then against Ireland, we didn't really see much in no, that No, they that hadn't aspect. got the so ball and Ireland controlled... I suppose consistency and everything yeah, Ireland, is just Ireland the, defended the game well, of it controlled the tempo of the game, stopped any sort, sort of um, possibility of getting into multi-phase for Italy. So, I think, yeah, that, that that's what Casada will want for them to go and... and and uh, and attack France and, and again it's a, you know they're they're the underdogs heavy underdogs here but I think for some some kind of strange reason they feel at times they can go after France that the mentality of the French players can be a bit more relaxed and stuff and and we've seen evidence of that but the other side of that Fabien Galtier wants his team to try and you know really go for this game and get a big um, a big a big win, a dominant, ruthless kind of a performance. So, um, yeah, you think France are going to be just too strong for them, but it could be a really good game because I think Italy will try and play against them and uh, if they do so, then we could see a lot of tries. Yeah, hopefully we do. Get away from the national game, bring it back to the provincial one. Uh, talking point this week, a big talking point for particularly Ulster fans, uh, Dan McFarland, um, leaving his post after in around six years. Richie Murphy, after um, under-20s campaign, hopefully another Grand Slam for him, but yeah, a couple of games to go to get that over the line. Will come in as interim coach to the end of the season. What do you make of it? Firstly, Dan McFarland did well for the first couple of years at Ulster and then sort of tailed off the last couple of years. Correct me if I'm wrong, has this ever happened before that a coach has been sacked in season? As in... I'm it's sure through, it has. Through the IRFU system. The IRF, I, I, I haven't seen it. Yeah. One doesn't jump out for me. Do you no. know what I mean? Usually, It's more a football thing, isn't it? Yeah, we usually hear that, you know, at the end of the season, the coach is leaving or the IRFUs have used the six-month clause or the, or the coaches use the six-month clause or the contract's not being renewed. We haven't seen this. I, I Like, somebody can obviously correct us in... The, in uh, Across the water, wrong. it definitely has. Oh, yeah, but I mean, from an Irish system, through the IRFU, that we haven't seen this. So, um, what happened last week in Ospreys um, was probably the icing on the cake and it sealed uh, Dan's faith. Um, the previous two losses against Harlequins and Toulouse... There's some mitigation against Toulouse because Toulouse can do that to anybody. But I still think that game against Toulouse in Belfast was worrying. Uh, really, really worrying the way the Ulster players dropped their heads, the way they looked. They just didn't look right. They didn't look themselves. And the big problem has been they're consistently inconsistent. And it's a little bit like... Quinny, you're breaking my heart here, but it's it, so but true. But it's a little bit it's like true. Scotland that we say, and Matt gets a lot of criticism for that. But, ah, but I would say Scotland, at least, you know, play a bit more. Ulster, to be fair, at the start of the season, would say, with this new pitch, they would try and play out the back I think their more. attacking game has gone backwards. Yeah, exactly. Really backwards. And I think and that's uh, what fans were maybe thinking. They're yeah. like, if you're going to say something, show us well, it. Well, it's not and that I long ago, from a Munster point of view, I was up there in Belfast doing, a, was the quarterfinal of the URC in 2000. 
21-22 season. Um, maybe it was May. Yes. It was a couple of weeks before they, the team, Irish team, it was quarterfinals anyway, went to New Zealand that summer. Um, they Their attack was, they blew Munster away in that game and I remember going, yeah, they're a seriously dangerous side and there was loads of evidence of of, of that ambition and that attack and I think when you look at Ulster now it's hard to know of course they're trying to move the ball at times but there's a lot of kicking and. but all I would say their short kicking game from Burns to Stockdale a couple of years ago was very good and that yeah. was a weapon then they did it at the RDS but that seems to have sort of yeah so them. we go back to the, the RDS one is a really a really um, important one because it shows what they're possibly capable of there's something missing you know Dan McFarland obviously when when you have a um, you know last season they had that real bad run in Europe and in the league December bit of January they got back and I think you know they definitely had a run of a really bad run in that period and then they got themselves back kind of the end of January and got got back going again um, but you know I always said this from from my time in, in Munster is quarterfinals of Europe is that's what you need to be looking forward to in April it's not always achievable it's difficult the format's changed a fair bit over the years but also not not looking forward to Europe again and that that has to hurt because they're the big ones you want to sell out the stadium and do all the corporate stuff and it makes you money We've, we're hearing a lot of stuff about financial issues and problems within in, in the with, with Ulster um, culminated with the fact that you hear some rumblings that there's discontent the discontent stuff that that people talk about. And yeah, what do you make of that? Where he lost you know the dressing what? room and you, different players. If, if you're on a bad, what's that like as a player in there? And you hear when that you're on the a bad, when you're on a bad run with a team and a coach and a period of time. There's always the discontent is people are not happy. Some players are not getting picked. They're frustrated. Why is such and such a guy getting picked? It's hard at times. When things are going well and you're winning and you can rotate your squad and use all the squad course it's easier to keep players happy the challenge for any coach in any sport is when things are going bad how do you get players to still trust you believe you you've got to be honest in the feedback you're giving them you've got to be straight um, and if you say you're going to give them a chance in a couple of weeks you have to stick to that so it's difficult and I, and I feel sorry for for Dan in a way that some of these, some of these performances, um, Stuart. Aside from we're talking about structure and game plan, some of these performances are on the players. I think there's a there's a fragile nature to some of the players that are playing for Ulster. They've got to take that in the chin. They can't, you know. Of course, the coach is getting well paid. He's got a that's what goes to the job. But I guarantee, if you and do you, you think if the players were in a room, they'd accept a bit of that too. No, because they'll 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 uh, always look at the coach. So, some players will accept it. They'll accept it with people in the room. But it you know you're not going to start in the round and say he's you've no bottle when it comes to the tough tough side of it. Um, of course, it can come out and players can challenge each other, but you don't want a group of players in the room. It'll, the whole thing will go to carnage. I think you need a strong presence now, someone to come in, give it a little bit of new energy, new voice. But ultimately, uh, you know, coaches have to take the stick and the flack. And sometimes it is down to structure, how you deal with people, how you speak to people. Are the players with you? You need the players with you. It's a ruthless game. 
um, professional sport like this. Um, if you lose the players, job gets harder and harder and harder. Results go, a bit of luck goes against you and suddenly there's more rumblings and certain players don't like the coach and vice versa. These things start happening and it has a snowball effect. Ultimately, it's a results-driven business and Ulster's results haven't been good enough. So um, I think then you have one of the things that kind of um, went against Dan McFarlane this week was I think there was there was a lot of fans got involved in certain after the interview after the Ospreys game. And he was talking about a couple of refereeing decisions. I think also it was the manner. Would it, that be fair correct. to say? Is, is he correct in the decisions and questioning a couple of decisions? Yes, in a sense that there's certain things that happen in a game that can just flip a game completely. Um, but... And the basis of what we saw over the 80 minutes, it wasn't good enough for that Ulster group. They had four guys back from the Irish squad. They weren't missing too many players. They're going to the Ospreys. Now, Ospreys, to be fair, in the, and the reality of this is they've only four players in the Welsh Six Nations squad, so they're pretty settled as well. But I think that was a game Ulster were in third gear and could have easily just changed it up. And I think that's down to the mentality of the players, the character of some of the players... There's not enough of tough, resilient, hard, um, ruthless people in that group. And the challenge you have as a coach in Ireland, you can't just go to the market and sign X number of players. You always have budgets. You've got to work within the RFU system. I'm not making excuses for Dan McFarlane because I think, um, you know, ultimately he's got to own this himself. But I think the players themselves um, have let the jersey down a little bit by their inconsistency. But anyway, that's happened. It is done. It's not something we've seen. Uh, Richie Murphy Yeah, I was going in. to say quickly, Richie Murphy, one opportunity in his coaching journey. What he's done in the 20s, unbelievable. But to get a shot, and also for the next, what will it be, four or five months to see, dip his toe in it, and so to speak, he'll probably absolutely love it. Let's hope he does as an Ulster yeah, fan. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But uh, it gives him a chance to see what it's like. But do you think he'll stay on if it goes well? Um, who knows? I think he's dipping his toes in the water here. Um, and there's obviously, um, he obviously feels that maybe he wants to go take a team himself or go up to the next level and move up from the 20s. His success with the 20s has been outstanding. Um, he obviously has quality there and has an ability to to get those under 20 players in the last number of years, been really successful. So I think what Richie Murphy will do is bring in a kind of, an energy booster in a sense that there's no real pressure on him. I'm only here for a short while. I'm going to try and help you lads. Let's try and express ourselves and play some rugby. Why do you think it is only seen as a short a short time? Because I think, you know, I don't know the, the ins and outs of it, but I think Richie Murphy himself, if he does well here, he then could possibly end up being the head coach in Ulster. Um, who knows? I think for me, it's it's a sensible approach from both sides. Let's see how this works. He's someone who can fill this gap on a short term basis. Um, but they probably wouldn't have looked out for him if they don't think he's the man to lead them forward for the next couple of years. But possibly, yeah. But look, they may want to go, and the problem here is they may want to go to get this marquee coach from somewhere who has so much experience. Again, which is risky because culturally, you don't know. 
will this person fit in? Um, he can come in and just call a load of players and say, I'm going to get rid of 10 players and I'm going to sign 10 different players. It's You, you can't do that. You can do that in a French club. Um, so I think it's a sensible approach from both sides. If if he goes to Ulster and Ulster start doing something different and they have a run, which they're certainly capable of, they're in, they're in the playoff positions at the moment, but if they were to win a number of games, they could be up a third or fourth, second, third or fourth come the end of the season and, and do really well. There's something not right. So I think for both sides with Dan McFarlane, the Ulster players, that parting was inevitable. Richie comes in now, brings a bit of energy. Um, he won't come in and try and change stuff up. He'll try and tweak things a little bit. The other coaches are going to still be involved, I believe. Um, and it's just a new voice that might take away a little bit of pressure, whatever the case may be. I don't know. It might not work at all. Um, they might not uh, put themselves in don't a good say position. That no, but I think someone like Richie Murphy, when you hear it, it you just think, and I think, and automatically, energy, enthusiasm, um, knows what he's no pressure on about. him either. Good cracking coach. If, hopefully, yeah. If it wor- works, then it'll be assessed, and maybe he'll want to go. So I think the reason he's done it, I don't think he's done this to say, well, this is three or four months work for me and X number X. Uh, amount of payment or whatever. I think he's looked at this Have and said, I'll, I'll look at this and this is something I might get a grow for. I might want it. And I think there's a sense here that he's, because he's doing this, I think there's deep down, and obviously we'll have to hear from Richie, that of course I'd say his ambition is to, to go up the ladder now and he spent a good few years with the 20s and done really well. And he wants to have a crack at being a head coach himself with, with a senior team. So, um, let's hope it goes well for both sides and that's because I think on paper Ulster are better than what we've seen we've seen some great performances the Racing performance the Ulster performance Leinster the Leinster performance um, that's why it's probably so frustrating and um, I'm sure we'll hear from many Ulster kind of ex-players in the next couple of weeks and um, but I think on paper there's a very good team there but I think you've got to get stronger characters um, and they've got to do it consistently and be if you're losing games you know making it really difficult for the opposition you know what Toulouse and Harlequins did was was worrying in Europe well, let's hope things change pretty quickly and Ulster turn out to be a success over the next few months um, we have heard from Matt Williams thankfully he is alive and well which is great to see I won't read the text out but okay. he is taking the blame but before we go quickly just get predictions yeah, but predictions for the weekend. I think uh, Ireland, Scotland and France. Great stuff as always. And we'll see you next week. But Thanks, George. Let's look forward to the weekend as Ireland take on Wales. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.